able to call the plays? Yes, sir. 22 rocket on hit. 22. 22 rocket. I can't hear you. 22. I can't 20. hear you. 22. 22 rocket. This is your QB1 of the Dillon Panthers. Your teammates, if they can hear you, they will believe in you. Now you let it out until it hurts. You understand me? 22. 22 rocket. Hit it, hit. What's your name? Matt Saracen. What you play? QE1! Who do you play for, Saracen? Dylan How much do you want this? I want How much do you want this? I want it! Then take it! Do it again! 44 crossbow! Oops, 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 I'm cutting up. All right, it's time to sit down, turn on the projector, and go over the game film. We are looking at episodes four through four. six. Four, five, and six. Four, five, and six of season one. I'm already off to an amazing start, everyone. But this first episode, Who Is Your Daddy? Gets off to a banging start. A very antiquated house party where people are wearing clothes way too big for themselves. And there's a little bit of animosity between Voodoo and... And Smash, great nicknames for both of our guys. Everything about this is mid-2000s. The the music, Smash using the word tune and not being ironic. He, yeah. Voodoo goes and changed the music on the speakers. And Smash is like, who changed my tunes? Not ironically at all. And there's, you know, it's just once again kind of setting up this hostility between the team and Voodoo, who's this newcomer from Louisiana. And... Kind of, you know, we get a little bit of personality in these next three episodes from Voodoo. We get to hear more of him. A little bit. He's kind. He's super funny. Like, he comes in in his spots. There's not a lot of them. But he comes in and the dude delivers. All, if he's not ignoring Coach Taylor, he's saying something that, one, is kind of true, but also it's not what you want to hear. But besides being disrespectful, even more disrespectful is Arnett Mead, who at the beginning of this episode sets up Rivalry Week, and they are committing so many felonies, just all of them. They are getting it all done in a very short amount of time, trashing the Dillon Panthers locker room. It's uh, it's not good. Good start for the Rivalry Week, and this is, isn't even probably the most offensive thing that happens in this episode. No. Because <laughs> Herc happens. Uh, Herc being um, Jason Street's hospital roommate. Oh, I forgot. Okay, I didn't know his name. Yeah, yeah it's Herc, uh, yeah. he uh, he gets a little offensive once again. Did did not age well once whatsoever. A lot of a uh, lot of homophobia and racism in the in this block of three episodes. Just very uh, insensitive to the to to a lot of different communities. But <laughs> again, mid two thousands network television. They, it was fine. They, yep, they went for it. So. Uh, yeah, rivalry week here at the top. Uh, you see the vandalism, and then you see Coach Taylor walk in, I think, with Mac, and one of them says rivalry, and the other one says, no, it's tradition. And Have you ever seen a tradition quite like this? <laughs> tradition unlike any other. I Well, I'm asking you, is this a thing that happens? Not really, right? This is kind of a, a high school drama trope, right? This feels Rival- exact, yeah. like wasn't there? This was a Fresh Prince of Bel Air plot line. 
Probably. I'm pretty sure that there was a, uh, yeah, there's always. It does feel like a TV trope. Though, yeah, there's always sure. some sort of vandalism on Rivalry Week. And then the school with the main characters responds and they're the ones that get in trouble. Yes, and Matt Saracen will become super involved in this tradition later yeah. on in the episode. I do want to touch on this because we are introduced to a lot of different elements of the show, which I think we kind of touch on in the first three episodes, but we are introduced to Matt Saracen's father, who's uh, overseas, uh, is a, is kind of like a career military guy, Um is not super supportive of no, Matt. Matt, there's a lot of... I, I have this in my notes for later on in a couple of different areas, but just really is not doing a great job, not reading situations correctly. Just uh, He at one point says uh, when Matt's not really sure if he's going to start, his Matt in a, or his dad in a very unsupportive way says, well, kind of takes the pressure off, doesn't it? Just Yeah, just assumes that Matt doesn't actually want to play football. Which I'm also just really concerned. I don't know if Matt Saracen wants to play football. I know. I, I think that's what we learned last week is that he does, and we we learned that later on uh, in in this block of episodes as well a little I, bit more. I do want to know where the like this the show and just a spoiler. We really never learn why Matt starts playing football, and yeah, I mean, I think it's just assumed that you live in a small Texas town and you play football unless you're Landry. Like it's just a lot or of caster or caster who makes a weird one episode appearance. And is this the only episode that he's ever in? I think so. He's not, he's not like a reoccurring character, a reoccurring character whatsoever. Him, but, and, him and Landry were both pretty lame, but in, we're supposed uh, to, yeah, but we're supposed to let be led to believe that all three of these guys are kind of outcasts. Yeah. Have their own little, you know, yeah, their, their own little, you know, pack of, of friends. But yeah, Matt's dad, not the greatest. Matt talking to him via webcam on the oldest looking Mac computer you could find. Two thousand five, six, yeah. Um, it's it's a it's kind of a weird episode for Matt because you know we're going from him at the party and like him trying to fit in, I guess, and trying to you know yeah. chat up Julie, and it also leads to him very creepily looking into her dance class um, as he's walking through the hallways, just not a super good look but also like i get that, that we're just supposed to understand like he, matt really likes her yeah he has a crush on the coach's daughter that's the whole point yeah also not a great dancer not a good dancer you don't think you think julie taylor's a bad dancer i, I get it's not a i mean huge, you're we know you're anti-julie taylor from the jump here so yeah this is probably a little bit biased i i just i i found myself laughing a little bit just i i feel like they maybe and uh, I, was, I was watching this with uh, Alyssa and she was saying like they could have picked a better dancer to play Julie and like yeah it's not it's not a huge storyline yeah, I was gonna like, say it's not like a it's not a part of her identity I mean it does set up a plot point with her being upset with her dad for doing his job as a high school football coach which you would think at this point and I know that not everyone like kids aren't super understanding of their parents' jobs but like. If you're 15 or 16, yeah. you probably get by now. Yeah. Your dad's not going to be super present yeah. as a Texas high school football coach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's kind of an up and down episode. There's a this is a, this episode four. Who's your daddy? Is just jam packed with yeah. a lot of things. Well, I mean, next up, you mentioned we uh, we get an introduction to uh, Street's roommate, uh, Herc. That's his name. Herc. Uh, some homophobia in there with poor Phil, who's taking care of Street. I love Phil. And then uh, also Street, or not sorry, uh, Herc is kind of picking through Street's food to taunt him for not being able to use his hands. 
this first introduction to Herc, and we find out, you know, by the end of this block of episodes, that Herc is actually going to be the best possible thing for Jason Street. Yeah, and in he a was, lot of ways, but well, and he kind of gets it. It's kind of set up that he was a former track star or something yeah. along those lines, and that he's. I mean, he he gets very like deep into this. I don't know if it's a social commentary or not, and there's quite a bit of social commentary in these in these episodes, yeah. but. He gets into the fact that, you know, people are going to support you for the first few weeks and then it's just going to die down, which is sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think he's super instrumental and Jason's kind of getting back to normal yeah. and he kind of fills that void and we'll see more with the way Tim Riggins is finally showing up to check in on his best buddy. Yeah. Um, but he fills that void because he doesn't really have any friends and Jason goes into a very depressing speech to, uh, to Lila about his day. Um, and he doesn't have much, yeah. um, and it's just, it's super sad, but it does seem like he's getting back to himself, I yeah. guess, as a teenager. Um, next up, we're back on the practice field. Voodoo shows up late. It's not around. And then he just comes in, ignores coach Taylor, telling him to be on time and then just dominates the practice. He, he's he's running triple option. Uh, he they haven't installed this <laughs> by any means, but he starts running triple op while wearing a quarterback jersey. So yeah. I'm not sure like if the players are like should we tackle him? You know what do yeah. we do here? But he's just obviously clearly yeah. you know he's a dual threat quarterback. Or we're supposed to think that you know he's this amazing dual threat quarterback and can run with the ball. And Voodoo is a. Uh, Voodoo off of a, like, one play gets Buddy Garrity to say, I got my voodoo working. And here's that clip. I love this boy. Got my voodoo working. Got that voodoo working. <laughs> so, yeah, that stood out to me as being creepy. <laughs> Buddy is... It's a new level. It's just... He's su- like when it comes to football, Buddy Garrity is super excitable. He was very much aroused in a in the worst possible way by a high school football player doing any type. And w- I mean, to laugh at the end is just yeah, it's but, just <laughs> Buddy. Like it's as much as I think he is a funny kind of or he's a comedic relief to this show. He's just there's a lot to unpack with him. Is he comedic relief? I mean, I guess he can be in some situations. But again, he's the whole reason Voodoo is here. Yeah. And he he's driving not so much this last week he drove almost all the the action. Um, you know, these three episodes, it's more of the uh the falling down. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure as we're going to find out in episode, you know, 7 through 9 next week, uh he's going to get back on his horse. So, excited for that. Um, um the one other element to we we going to get introduced into this episode is uh Matt Saracen's grandmother, who has uh, dementia, and very sad. Yeah, it's a super sad plotline, and not. I mean, I get. I've watched this show, and I want. I want to make this very clear. I've watched the show maybe like five or six times through. Yeah, I get emotional every time. Really, it's I. It, it, whenever it, she like run, yeah, whenever she disappears and then comes back and is yes, yeah. and it's just it's one of those things that once again kind of puts into perspective like. The stuff that Matt's dealing with, with a father overseas, an absent mother. He's got a grandmother who, you know, is not in great health. And he's working and going to school and trying to be the quarterback of a big-time Texas high school football program. Yep. I mean, there's – and again, his dad 
is is no help in the situation. I forget what exactly what he says, but he Matt basically calls his dad and is like, "Well, you're gonna have to handle it, you know. Like, there's nothing uh, nothing I can do from here. I'm kind of you know I'm kind of tied up here." And it was the, so the scene that precedes this, I believe, um, is when Matt has a bad practice rep as Julie is walking in, and then um, you know have the you have the right hand coach Taylor kind of burns him he says you know raise your right hand raise your left hand well great he knows which hand he is you know and so he's struggling on the practice field he's getting his butt kicked at home in terms of you know having to take care of his grandmother who won't take his meds it's like setting it up for for the viewer of he's having to do everything for his family and this entire town like the the, the weight of his community and his family is all on his shoulders yeah and it's just uh, i mean that's i mean that's it's not sustainable yeah and it's way too much on I think he, you know, he's like a sophomore in yeah. high school at this point. Yeah, he's super young. Um, Maddie does get some. I mean, there's some high points to this episode, which we'll we'll get into with it with him. How about when Coach Taylor tells him to hook up with his daughter on accident? <laughs> Where, uh, yeah, we can, uh, we, uh, we can play that clip here. Son, you're a mess out there. Yes, sir. You need to get more focus, son. Yes, sir. Now I know what's distracting. You do? Yes, I do. And I'm going to tell you something. You forget about food. Do you understand me? This is within your reach. But not if you don't attack the opportunity. I mean attack the opportunity every day, every practice. Yeah. You got a girlfriend? Uh, no, no, sir. Do you have someone you're interested in? Well, uh, sort, sort of. Kind sort of. of. Well, forget about sort of. You know what? Take her out. You understand me? Sir. Movies, dinner. Get her in the back seat of your car. I don't care, whatever. But I'm telling you, you need to get loose out there. You wound up tighter than rubber bands, son. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's probably one of the most underrated funny parts of this show. I don't even know if it's underrated. I think it's properly rated. It's really funny. (laughs) It's so good. And, I mean, honestly, and it's kind of, once again, a little bit of a, I don't know if it's kind of a, in poor taste kind of thing, you know, like a, a grown man telling a high school boy, like you need to get laid son. That, that is, that happens in real life. I think coaches tell their players like, you know what? Like, you know, do it consensually, but get, get your mind right. Yeah. Yeah. Very much consensually. (laughs) Consent is very sexy. And Matt (laughs) definitely is, uh, is not the type that wouldn't, but, uh, it's just a funny scene to back up a little bit. I I do want to point out this plot line as we kind of get into, a little there's bit so much we you know well to kind of switch gears into what tim riggins and oh, his whole storyline i have takes we we see lila who tells her mom she's going on a run her mom is super happy Wait, for that's her. the start of oh that's the start apologies. of episode five apologies I, I'm but Lila, so in the in four lila does end things with tim riggins yeah she says it didn't mean anything yeah um and you know a bit of a, a bit of a bummer for old Timmy. Um, he doesn't, you know, doesn't keep him down for too long. No, he, he's 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 quite fine. Um, we see a little bit more of uh, we see Tyra come in to, to to visit Jason, and then Herc hits on her. A lot of grown men just hitting on sixteen-year-old yeah. well, Tyra. Yes, the so Tyra later. I think it's five and five or six, or maybe both, but has this relationship with this oil field man from los angeles which yes. isn't a thing i don't think <laughs> yeah, i think he's lying i don't think he knows anyone of that oil field i think he just took her there 
I think this I is actually, a whole ploy. I, I actually I don't remember how this plot. Is this he's last? At, he's at Applebee's. I know, but are we going to see him again after these three episodes? We're gonna have to find out. We're just gonna have to keep watching. You don't. You, you don't remember. It, who's to say? We're gonna have to just keep watching the show to see if he comes back. I, uh, yeah, Tyra again. How many? Yeah, she's just not some great choices. For a lot me. of twenty-five-year-olds hitting on this sixteen-year-old, and nobody, nobody seems to <laughs> no seems recognize to. the fact that Tyra is seventeen or she's 16, a grown whatever. woman, well, is what she is. Apparently, um, but we do get into this funny bit with this other tradition of rivalry week which coach taylor is supposed to host a party yeah and, and I, I have a question about this okay so Tam, so he basically forgets to tell tammy and then doesn't give her anywhere near the appropriate headcount. and there's this classic scene where she's like you know she's down below cleaning up and she's like i'm gonna be pissed off down here when i get back up there when i'm ready to then i'll be happy and help you host but for right now i'm pissed off is she appropriately pissed? Is she yes. not pissed enough or is she overly pissed? A hundred percent. I think, I mean, <laughs> I can tell you right now she's a hundred percent pissed. I think she's under, I think she should be more mad. Oh, you think she should be more mad? Yeah, I think, or she's definitely not blowing it out of proportion. She's putting on a good face, yeah. putting on a good face for the party, which takes a turn. Um, <laughs> but she's very pissed. But I mean, it's just one of those things where. Eric's got a lot going on. Yeah. He's got people I just, coming. I just feel like there's a new, like somebody is supposed to have like a newsletter or something. Yeah. Like, if, you if, know, it feels like something that like the booster club would probably, probably help guide them with. Yeah. The booster. I mean, I know buddy's the head of the booster club and it's probably not his top priority to be thinking about putting on a party, but is, he not, is there nobody else in the booster club? <laughs> there's other people like the group that, and you'll, you'll see more of this as the show goes on, but they all converge at Applebee's at like a yeah. long table usually. And they have their meetings. That's yeah. Where they were all given coach Taylor advice last week. Yes. Yep. Um, but you see with this that just a Tammy, just a plus wife, MVP wife. Yeah. You, you got to love Tammy for sure. Um, she is just killing this party had li- limited amount of time and, you know, Coach Taylor, I'm, you know, completely just, you know, drops the ball here. And yeah. um, and he's got a lot of people coming at him that doesn't really excuse. And he does he does give a great answer to uh, when he's asked about what quarterback he's going to play, saying that we're going to use four running backs <laughs> on a lot of reverses. Well, and this is also when Saracen, like, puts him on the spot and is like, so who are you thinking about starting on Saturday? Like, while he's hosting this party, which is Saracen atones for it later. He says, I'm sorry for doing that, but... Saracen just wants, like, can I just get something off my plate? Yeah, like, like can I just know? I don't blame him. I just, like, please, can I not stress about one thing? Yeah, it was a very high school kid thing to do. To yeah. just, I mean, like, not understand the situation. Not later. great timing. Yeah. Um, the one thing, the weird part of this, uh, this party is that a brick... Is thrown through the window. This is Panther Pigs. Panth- Die Panther Pigs. <laughs> Die is, Panther Pigs. Is written on this note that's attached to a brick that luckily does not hit anyone. But God. I just, I don't want to live in this world where there's a, that the, the rivals do this to each other. I think there's a, sure, a line. I mean, I'm sure that has happened. Probably. But. Also feels like a trope. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, the brick through the yeah. 
burn through the roof. I mean, it's either, yeah, you're either doing it to vandalize or you're doing it to send a, to pass a threat along. Am I such a city boy that I'm like, where do you get a brick from? Like a standalone <laughs> brick. Where would you go for that? Um, Actually, I don't know either. I'm sure you could find just one. Just two city boys. Just we don't I know. Have, we don't have no idea. I'm sure there's like a brickyard or something in Dillon. Maybe, but it just it feels like such a weird thing. There, a bricks are also like there may be a brick in my backyard right now, and I just have never noticed it. Like, That's fair. I just want to know what goes through the thought process of getting a Sharpie out, finding a piece of paper, and writing Die Panther Pigs. And Shakespeare. In that 15 seconds, you don't go once like, should I be doing this? Should I After they, this? so yeah, I mean, Arm, is it Ar- Armstead Mead? Arnett Mead. Arnett Mead. Very Armstead. Ar- Arnett Mead fires the first blow. Yeah. And Dylan does not fight back. They don't. Well, they until, have- until, you know, in between this brick incident. Yeah. But then, then they do fight back. Yeah, so the boys all jump into the car and uh, head on off to the QB's house and, of Arnett Mead, which, yeah. you know, is uh, it's weird that they don't try to go for the whole team. They but just go for the quarterback. They just yeah. go for the quarterback. And this is where, I mean, I don't I don't encourage uh, destruction of other people's property, but what a scene for Matt Saracen. <laughs> Matt finally gets something. You know, first off, Smash has to like, con- Smash and Riggins have to convince him to get into the car. He's like, nah, I'm good. But then he goes into, shoot, I'm the leader of this team. I have to be the quarterback here too, kind of a thing. And... I don't know. I don't know if that was all his motivations were at the time for getting into the car. But once he gets on the scene, he kind of uh, goes overboard. Loses it a little bit. Yeah, a lot. The most savage, maybe the most savage part of this entire series is Matt taking a baseball bat, destroying this young man's car, and making eye contact <laughs> with the quarterback as he's continuing like continuing to smash his car in with a baseball bat and then jumps into the dr- moving vehicle driven by I don't know if it was Tim who was driving the car uh, but I don't remember who who was driving but what a, he made eye contact like it was just like that yeah. is so cold blooded yeah. on so many levels well it was, yeah so it was he makes eye contact and at that point, I'm, you're thinking, oh, shoot, Matt's like in this trance, but this is going to knock him out, realizing that he's been caught. But he hits, he, he keeps wailing away while the quarterback calls his dad out. This is LeBron game six. <laughs> he's just like, nuh uh, y- y'all ain't going to stop me. Actually, this is not the, I, I don't know. I think Matt actually peaks later in this episode oh, in, on this storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll save that. You will save that for a little bit later. A little bit later. Um, well, I guess we're actually kind of here. Yeah, I was going to say, it all kind of happens. Yeah, little- so Matt basically then gets confronted at his job. his job. And he realizes there's five of them. I'm about to get beat up. He's also wearing his uniform, which yep. makes it worse. What did he, What did you say? Uh, anyone want a Swizzler? <laughs> anyone? Well, the thing he said... What do they sell there? I don't know. He, well, he well he does say that. But the, the, the build-up to that uh, is yeah. his, them asking... Like who was with you? Yeah, which like, is a little bit odd that they were, like would care, but like they want to go and beat them up next. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, you could just go to any one of them and like yeah. probably be safe in retaliation. But you know, Matt says like it was me with the baseball bat. It was me with the crowbar. I even jumped into the car that I was driving. Yeah, <laughs> into he, the passenger side. <laughs> yeah, and then he asked, "Any of y'all want a Swizzler?" Yeah, and, and then, then he gets the first punch in, which is all you know. Is what you want. Honestly, 
This is, I mean, the man, the man has grown a set yeah. in a very short amount of time. He's, he's oh, becoming, uh, he's, he's quickly, bec- like, I don't know if he went, if like Tim yeah. Riggins is mentoring him on the side, but yeah. he's turning into a little bit of a, a little bit of a badass in a way. It's, it's certainly an improvement. And I think uh, there's more room to, to improve. But, yeah, this was kind of, you know, just taunting them. And then you get the first punch in, which is really all you can do in that situation. Because you're going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to lose that fight. It's, but, like, it's like I got one punch in. Yeah. It's like, well, at least I made one of them have to explain it to their parents or something. Why you got a bloody nose. I don't know. Now, this next but. part, could you ever imagine being at the hospital and calling your coach to come pick you up. Well, he doesn't have. I know he doesn't. Parents. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I did all think that aside. That. All that yeah. aside. All that aside. I'm just saying in general, like you, Spencer Davis. Here's my call. I, I, like you call your head baseball coach at Jinx, and you're like, "Hey, coach, I got into a fight with them Union boys, and uh, they they did a number on me. Five of them. I was working at the the Dairy Queen, and uh, I think the answer is he probably should have just called Landry, right? No, because I think he needed like an adult to like sign him, like sign him out of the hospital. Well, yeah, I mean, if you him. don't have any aunts or uncles or parents or grandparents that he, can drive, I don't. I could see it's, this has probably happened before. Yeah, I mean, he's also the star quarterback. I'm sure he could have like talked his way. He's not really a star yet. That's fair. <laughs> As he would tell Landry, he said, I've played in three high school football games and I've only started one of them. I can't call a press conference. <laughs> which <laughs> is, not Peyton Manning. <laughs> which, is, which is great. Um, a little bit later, I was going to say, his coach speak answer to Julie Taylor <laughs> when when she asked him about yeah. his, uh, his progress. Or, I wrote down her, he's like, chill out, I'm not ESPN. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. But uh, we do see some redemption for Matt at the end of this episode. Yeah, he... So yeah, Coach Taylor picks him up. Uh, he chooses. I want to. I'm gonna mark this down for later because we're gonna come back to it. Not literally, just like you know. He says he admits that he was at the quarterback destruction of the the car, the quarter the vandalism. Yes. But he says I still you know I'm with all due respect I'm still not gonna tell you who I was with. And Coach sort of seems to be cool with that, but says, all right, we're going to a dance recital. So they go watch the dance recital, yada, yada. Julie sucks. Julie's not very good at dancing, but Matt kind of is like successfully flirting with her at the end. He, like she seems into it. <laughs> no, he brought out the big guns. <laughs> dro- name dropping Jackson Pollock. Uh, unsuccessfully, but no, but like it gets her attention. Like, oh, he's not just like some jock trying yeah. to tell me what I want to hear. Like, yeah. he actually knows who Jackson Pollock is. Yeah, and once again, we kind of get more into Matt his artistic side. Yeah, but it seems like it went well, right? Yeah, no, Julie's very happy. I think it was definitely their most successful flirtation to date. Yeah, because the party didn't go well. And it kind of like I kind I think it does kind of lead into Julie per, like starting to pursue him back a little bit, yeah. As much as he has been the only one doing that pursuit. Yeah. It's a long it's a you know, it's a far cry from I don't talk I don't eat with football players in the He's pilot. he's made some progress. Yes. And it's a good way to kind of end that episode of him kind of yeah. an up and down. He's he's it's literally getting the crap beat out of him. Yeah. And he ends up kind of looking pretty decent at the end. Yep. Although Coach Taylor does realize. Yep. He does realize that, uh, you know what, we're just going to play the clip. What? Why? 
think I told that kid to get our daughter in the back seat of a car. So yeah, that is just a classic. I had forgotten that that had happened. It's been long enough that, uh, you know, since I had seen this, that I'd forgotten that Coach Taylor puts it all together sitting there at the dancer recital and it's like, oh, shoot, what did I do? <laughs> yeah. And then um, he stares him down from across the room. And I think the implication was that Matt, like, walked home, essentially. Because you see Matt walking away from the family with his backpack on and just, like... I guess so. More teenagers just walking home in this town of. of I mean, I'm sure the school isn't too far. Maybe. I don't know. Um, We got one more plot line before we move on to the second episode of this set. And it is Jason getting some. uh, Well, it's Jason, Lila, and Tim kind of all together. But first up is Jason getting some tough love love from Herc. Where's the dutiful little girlfriend? You don't know anything about my girlfriend, and you don't know anything about my life, so how about we just leave it alone and you stay out of my face, okay? Huh. Actually, I know everything about your life. Here, let me run down the next two years for you. See, you're still in the golden everyone rallies around you phase. Yeah, they'll start to get bored with that in about six weeks, and then all the letters and cards and visits and prayers will die down dramatically. Right, just shut up. You know, another three months after that, the girlfriend gonna tell you all about how you're different people now and how you need to find out who you are apart. Be the end of her ass. Then maybe about two months after that, the lawsuit will be in full swing and you will lose people Herc. who mean the world to you. Herc. So you can pay Don't. for fun things. That cost me. Get out of my face. And about maybe three, maybe four months Herc. after that, Get out your of parents my face. will announce Shut up. That the stress of all Shut up. Is Herc. between them that they've decided Herc. to go ahead I'm warning you. and get into Herc is a love. Will you shut the hell up? Yeah. I knew you had some fight in you. So yeah, at this at this point you really see that Herc is gonna end up being a good thing for Jason. Um, Herc challenges him, you know, eventually gets him so upset that Jason is able to use his hands, which is something that he did not want to do earlier in, in this episode, you know was telling Phil, like, I'm tired, I just want to go to bed, I don't want to eat, you know. Just kind of really down on himself, and Herc kind of lights a fire under him a little bit. Yeah, he kind of realizes that he does have a little bit of that strength still in him, and Herc, for all he is, which he's not the best person, and, you know, says some very out-of-pocket stuff, and don't encourage any of his behavior. But for what he is to Jason Street, you know, he does kind of help him, as we kind of mentioned earlier, kind of helps him get back to who Jason Street is. And he's been, he's really the only one that is being real with Jason at this point. Which I'm sure is difficult for everyone yeah. not wanting him because obviously Lila is in a fantasy world. Complete thinking, denial. Yeah, thinking that he's going to overcome this. While he, she's cheating on him with her, his best friend. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I we need to address this. I, I know Tim Reggins has a lot of fans out there. He does. And I believe one of them is sitting across from me right now. Whoa. Okay. Let's. let's <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a little early to call you a. T- but Tim Riggins is is an icon in some ways. He but is, in the first five episodes of this series, he he couldn't be worse almost. And how so? I want to address again sleeping with his paralyzed best friend's girlfriend. Yes. She breaks up with him. Yeah. He continues to, you know pursue her to the point that at the end of this episode 
He shows up whenever she gets home from whatever Lila Garrity does on a Wednesday night. And he's just in her room with her dad downstairs. Yeah. He's just there. He, he broke into her house. Are we, are we sure? This We're- is on NBC in 2006. Now, I will say this. This is once again. If we're gonna, if we're gonna just accept that vandalisms are committed just openly between high school football teams, is this not just once again a super cliche like high school romance thing that happened year like decades like like not now? I don't think you would see that in a television show or a movie now, but like crawling into the girl's window. She's usually already she's in, there. She's, she's usually already, already in the there. Room. He is waiting on her. That is serial killer crap. Yes. Also, it would not. I would not put it past a young Buddy Garrity to be like, "Here you go, Tim. You, you take whatever you want, Buddy." <laughs> Just saying, putting it, it out there. I, I, don't, I don't condone breaking it, breaking and entering. It's you know, he he won't go see Jason in the hospital, but he's actively trying to steal his girlfriend. Why yeah. do we stand Tim Riggins? Why? You you see, I mean, it, it's hard to to back him up in a in a season one context. I do think there is a little bit of a quality to Tim that you start to, you know, you start to sympathize with him for the stuff that he goes through on the later seasons. Yeah. But I do think if it wasn't for the later seasons, Tim is definitely a heel. He's he's the Jamie Lannister of the show. Yes, he, he definitely starts is. out, but I feel like. People actually still kind of like him at this stage. He's a, I mean, he's a cute young football player. He's big and tough. You remember the 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 attractive serial killer that went viral on Facebook a couple years, you know, yeah, I know three or four years ago. That guy, yeah, that that's Tim. He's the he. People just like him because he, he's attractive and he's a fullback and. I don't know. And, and not even t- that, but like people do tend to like villains, and I'm not saying he's necessarily. An antagonist. But they the, don't like him in the way that you like Tony Soprano or Walter White. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. It's it's something that we're going to continue to explore over the course of, of this series. Well, um, even in the next episode. Yeah, This sure. is a point I want to get into. Season 1, Episode 5, which is called Get Her Done. Um, <laughs> amazing name. And it starts with Tim. Well, Lila tells her mom <laughs> that she's going on a run. She's she is going on a run. Oh yeah. But she's going to Tim Riggins' house. Riggins Which she like kind of debates whether or not to go in, but it's like, no Lila, we know you're fried. You were always going to Tim's house. Yes. Like, and then Tim lets her in, he's eating breakfast. Doing homework. And I, I wanna say this. And I wanna say this to Tim, who as we explore more of his character and some of the stuff that he goes through with his home life. Obviously, just has a very troubled home life with his father and whatnot, and has a lot of like issues, a lot of baggage. In this opening scene from this episode, I don't think we ever see Tim Riggins as happy as he looks as Lila coming over and sitting at his table with him. Yeah, he has this just gleeful, youthful smile that humanizes him in a way to. To your point, we we talk about the bad things that he's done, but just it's just this honestly, it's just this look of just such euphoria that we don't ever get from Tim again. Yeah. And it 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 gets it just goes downhill from there. But we do get a little bit of that. Um and we, you know, we get more of Tim and Lila in this episode hooking up and whatnot. 
breaking up again and then hooking up again. And Lila snaps at him in this episode too for trying to like take an interest in her life. And she obviously has this perception of Tim as a Jason's best friend. And I know she has to feel super guilty. She, you know, says like, I'm going to go straight to hell. Yeah. Um, but man, does he just all of that excitement and happiness just get flushed away very quickly? Yeah, I mean, she she really tells him off. She says, you know, what, what do you want to talk about, Tim? You want to talk about how she calls it straight out, like you want to talk about the fact that you're sleeping with your paralyzed best friend's girlfriend. And like Tim is like, like is I was what? trying to talk to you about math class. <laughs> like I had a topic, and you completely <laughs> shut it down. I'm so sorry that I had a topic in mind and it wasn't to your liking, <laughs> which just Lila, Lila's going through a she lot. Just overcome with guilt at this stage, I think. And, and she's, and she's, I don't, yeah. And I don't want to put all the blame on Tim for this affair. Lila yeah. certainly shoulders some of it, but at least Lila is also, I don't know. Is it better or worse that Lila is super present in Jason's life while she's cheating on him? It's not great. And is it, but is it like, I guess we can't say if it's probably equally bad. It's, I mean, than what Tim's doing. The fact that, in, I mean, it's kind of just not good from a from an optic standpoint that she's just <laughs> a lot of stuff, a lot of bad optics, a lot of bad optics. <laughs> but I mean, it's not good from. I mean, she talks about how guilty she is, and she keeps, you know, and not. I'm not just blaming Lila here. Tim is yeah. equally at fault for this affair. Like the fact that, and Tim, you know, stays kind of his distance away and hangs out with, he eventually does come around to, to being with Jason, but I can't imagine the guilt Lila has when she's around Jason. Cause I'm sure in a, just a lot of ways, she just feels obligated to be with him. Yeah. But my God, I can't imagine what's going through her mind and you can see how uncomfortable she is. And she tries yeah. to, you know, be there for Jason and be there because he doesn't have much. Yep. But that's got to be so much guilt just weighing on you. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a complicated situation that is not going to get resolved in these in these episodes. Um, it does. It does blossom. It 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 gets. I mean, it gets <laughs> stickier and stickier. Oh, it's a roller coaster. Um, we can go next to, I mean, there's a couple other things that happen. There's a car ride with the Taylors and Julie just epically burns the state of Texas saying like, I found some high school head coaching jobs in Seattle and Florida. And you know, she's, then she says, Texas isn't even a state. It's technically Republic. It'd be nice to live somewhere. That's actually a part of this planet. Yeah. Julie does not like Texas also has a very good working knowledge of finding job boards <laughs> the high school football coaches go to. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if that's actually, is that actually a thing? I don't know. There, I mean, there is one, I, I know there's, a, there, I mean, there's a job board that is uh, like set up for yeah. like these types of things. I don't think the common public probably, I didn't, cause I didn't know how it worked. I was yeah. like, I've never gone on like a job board and seen like high school football coach hiring. Like yeah. They have specific boards for it. I know they exist. Yeah. Just, I don't think they're super publicized. Yeah. I do want to touch on one fact as we kind of get more and more into the, you know, back to the Taylor's life. And yeah. Eric is dealing with 
Voodoo. Yeah. Who gives this amazing speech about how I'm just trying to get to LSU. Yeah. And calls their relationship an arranged marriage. And I, I actually have the whole clip of that. I mean, it's it's a pretty imme- pretty impressive amount of awareness from, from this high school kid. Listen, we haven't had much time to talk. And uh, it's been pretty busy around here. I just thought that, uh, well, you know, I'm going to be making a decision soon about Friday. This is where you might want to chime in about how you relish the opportunity or, uh, you know, you're not going to let me down. Maybe want to add something about the insight you gained into the game of football in the short time you've been lucky enough to be a Dylan Panther. I'm not here to make friends. This ain't my home, this ain't my school, they never will be. Yeah. I don't like the food here, the music, the weather. I can definitely do without everybody going on and on about the great state of Texas. I'm here to get noticed, get recruited, and get my ass to LSU. And you, you're just trying to scrape by, trying to win some games, keep your job. You and me are an arranged marriage. Nothing more. And you've seen what I can do. You want to start Saris and you go right ahead. You leave that door open. Obviously, Voodoo's goals are very set in stone with what he wants to do. Yep. Coach Taylor's just trying to get through this first season, and Voodoo recognizes it. Yep. Yep, Voodoo completely nails it on the head. Again, like I said earlier, some of the things that he says are terrible and you would never want to say to somebody, but he's also right. I mean, like, he's not wrong in that this is completely an arranged marriage and, you know, Eric Taylor didn't want anything to do with Voodoo. He wanted to start Matt Saracen and then he, until he realized he can't start Matt Saracen. Um, yeah, Voodoo pretty much nails it on the head. This is not good for anybody unless, you know, they just kind of – work separately and make it look like they're working together. Yeah. And I mean, it's obviously Matt Saracen as, you know, as great of a kid he is and the, the players seem to super rally around him. And I think going over to Arnett Mead, the quarterback of the Arnett, Arnett Mead team's uh, house, um, I think get, gained him a lot of points in the eyes of his teammates. Yeah. But Eric Taylor is a guy who openly in, in this three episode block admits just like, I love football. And he understands that, yes, Matt's a great kid, but he has got this just other world talent in Voodoo Tatum. And he knows that he has to start him. Yep. Because you got, you got he, to start would, him. he wouldn't be doing his job correctly if he didn't. Yep. Uh, but it's also, we kind of get more into this, and I'm sure this happens quite a bit, but we kind of get into this confrontation between Eric and Mac, his offensive coordinator, who basically tells Eric that it's yeah. his it, the, the head coaching job should have been his Mac admits yeah that he wants coach Taylor's job he's uh what did he at some point here he gives um basically gives voodoo the starting job in the practice field in terms of having first team reps without coach Taylor okaying that and I don't know they started I feel like they did a good job of planting these seeds of Mac wants this job you know, this is the fifth episode. I feel like there's been something in just about every episode so far, you know, small seeds planted where Mac and coach Taylor are not going to be getting along forever. Mac is definitely not like coach Taylor's guy. No. And 
I mean, we see a lot of it though with like guys just openly, you know, go, going for Eric's job. Yeah. And you know, to so I guess that town like Eric's not proven. Yeah. And as much as I think people who have watched the show hold him in this super high regard, he's you know not done much yep. up to date, and you know we finally get. Um, we get another game after episode four takes a break from from game action. And it's kind of a you, you kind of do kind of with this first season as long as it is. These episodes are like kind of like one day at a time, yeah. basically, or two days at a time. It's yeah. super slow timeline. Yep. Especially with you know, it's again we we talked about this I think last week, but it's it's a twenty two episode season, so they're they're really stretching out. You know, if they made this show today, it's. A ten episode season, so you know they're they'd be moving along. There'd probably be a game every week, yeah. Or basically. there'd be there'd be some kind of a time jump. Well, um, they don't. I feel like in the later seasons you see less and less football. Yeah, well, it's in those seasons are smaller too, so yeah. that's that's also part of it. Um, yeah, the game happens, and there's some other stuff that we'll go back to. But um, Voodoo gets the start after. Well, do we want to do? I guess uh, there's the scene where Coach Taylor tells. Matt that he's not starting kind of sad yeah kind, kind of a kind, kind, kind of, of a kind tough of, scene um which makes you think like man I would love to be a fly on the wall for any time any quarterback is told whether he got the starting job or not in the coach's office yeah I mean that's the whole point of hard knocks right just hope you get a quarterback but I mean yeah probably I mean yeah yeah fair enough. Just I'm, hope. I'm not a big hard knocks guy but yeah. I mean it, it it rarely lines up with hard knocks where you get like a real true quarterback battle but I mean there's there's been I think Jeff Fisher cut somebody on Hard Knocks one time. Um, that's just that's, like over the phone, <laughs> like. <laughs> but um, I mean, sometimes you get the job over the phone. I guess it yeah. can go both ways. Yeah. No, but yeah, Coach tells Matt he's not starting right after Matt had sort of begged for the job preemptively, and Matt's like, you know, I've never been more ready for this. Yada yada, pouring his heart out basically, and Coach Taylor says, "I'm going to start voodoo." Yeah. So Matt Saracen. Um, you know, doesn't, and he's in this, you know, with, with Matt's character, he's a guy that is just kind of taking everything on the chin. Yep. He's not, I mean, he's, he's clearly down, but it's obviously, you know, just kind of one of those things where we're once again, it just feels like Matt can't get like a hot streak going. He's just, it's one good thing. And then like, it's one bad thing. It's yep. just. It's a ne- it's a never ending revolving door of just one good thing and one bad thing. But Matt Saracen just you know being the good team guy that he is, and he I think he even says that you know I just I'll do whatever is best for the team. And he, he says that to Julie. He says, tells that to Julie. He's like <laughs> I'll you know I'll do whatever is best for the team. She tells him to chill out. Yeah. Um, Appropriately. And so that I mean that was and that was in this this fifth episode yep. where Julie says I'm not ESPN. Yep. which A lot of like media references almost in the show which is fun i don't know i thought it was kind of funny oh no I was because like espn has been around this team you know with the jason street thing yeah no i'm just saying like so. i feel like that there is a lot of uh sports writer kind of yeah. little jokes in there for you um especially i mean we talked about this but like him like saying i can't call a press conference oh yeah <laughs> uh that, and that's a really good one but uh before we get into the game, I, this is kind of where we get into Tyra and her relationship oh, yeah. with the LA businessman. I, this guy, and I, I, it bugged me trying to figure out who this actor was. Um, he was on Suits, which is a show that I have not seen. 
I have not but either. So he, we're not prepared. I, at all. I don't know if he's a star of Suits or not, but I've, I guess I've seen him in promotional materials for that. And then he plays a role in season three of the Amazon show Sneaky Pete, huh? Which I recommend. It, anytime anyone tells me there's an Amazon show, I just think it's a fake show. Amazon, I you know they've got a catalog of shows. Yeah. They just don't. They sound like made up things for like a movie, like like that they can't say the name of an actual show so they make up a different one and uh that's how i feel about every amazon prime show amazon's got two great shows i think what are those two sneaky pete which actually is they canceled it but i, I thought it was great and then fleabag okay. which uh, just finished up its second and i believe final season if, if Amazon could just really add to the Prime, like to could add to that, and like Prime could just be your one stop shop for free Everything. shipping and also TVs and movies <laughs> and music, and yeah, that would be great. And uh, you know, government spying, uh, yeah, and whatnot, yeah, that'd be that'd be a good time. We'd all love it. But yeah, Tyra, um, basically. I don't want to say Lux into meeting this guy because of a shift change, but she's obviously very much about it. Yeah. No, she's into it pretty much immediately. I think a lot of it is she is intrigued by Los Angeles just in general. And she definitely wants to get out of Dylan. Yeah. She's very much, and, I need to get out of this I mean, guy. even after, I think it's after they kind of go their separate ways, Tyra tells Tammy that, like, I'm going to L.A., you know. Which... By the way, Tammy is a guidance counselor. I don't know if she's great or if she's bad, but man, does she have a lot of stuff going on in that office. It's definitely bad that the football coach's wife is the guidance counselor, we'll which we talked about that. last week. And we'll get into it in this and next episode. We will get into why. Um, and again, nobody raises any uh, any questions there, but yeah. Um, yeah, so she goes on this date at an oil field. Is that the, did I jump ahead? No, no. I mean, that's. I mean, that's kind of. Uh, it kind of gets into that a little bit, uh, in the in this block. But yeah, I mean, it it all happens kind of quick. Yeah. With with their relationship and whatnot, uh, but Tyra just, just, just not good. Nope. Just not great. And not- that's. I mean, I don't have a whole, whole lot of. Uh, I guess input on the situation because, like, <laughs> who am I to tell Tyra what to do? With it's just not what life. you want. It's not. I mean, I mean, yeah. It's 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 sleazy of this businessman to like take advantage of Tyra. Who, yeah. I mean, and I think Tyra very much so is not a damsel in distress. So don't get me wrong there. No. She very much is super independent. I mean, we really don't know anything about her family um, up to this point. Yeah. Um, but she's very independent, very sure of herself, and you know she. But she's also seventeen. She's also seventeen, so it's yep. just it's sleazy on his end. Yep. But Tyra's not a woman that necessarily needs to be saved. Although season two, uh, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for season two. Yikes! Um, last thing before the game, I think uh, Jason gets introduced to wheelchair. Is it wheelchair rugby? Essentially, yes. Yeah. I don't remember what they exactly what they called it, but it, it looked like wheelchair rugby. Yeah, it, it's it's a form of rugby, and it's kind of Jason. He lights up because he's like asking. He, he, well, he's like asking Herc about how quickly like he got into yeah. it, and Herc basically said, "You know, I would have been in there sooner if I didn't feel sorry for myself for so long." Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a fire in him that's just like, maybe I can do that and I can feed that competitive edge. Cause I think more than anything, you know, Jason loved football and he looked like he was going to go to Notre Dame and be, you know, they even talk about in, 
episode six about how you know the you know he just they were he was going to go to the NFL and Tim Riggins was going to take one percent of every one of his paychecks um, <laughs> just for being Tim just for just for being his guy which honestly there's that's he Tim needs to renegotiate because there's dudes <laughs> like that out there that get way more of a cut uh, from being friends with superstar athletes fair but yeah this is uh, where Tim kind of set, sets the seed for him to maybe yep. you know I maybe there is something for him but just not what I think Lila had in mind. And her saying, like, you could still overcome this. And, yeah. Um, well, and then we get this great line from Herc where, you know, he want, Phil, or, uh, Herc wants to take Jason to, you know, see this this game. And he said, all right. He says, hey, Phil, let him off. And Phil's like, I can't authorize that. He says, authorize this, Phil, while he does a Baker Mayfield and says, I want to show this boy his future, which is just yeah. Shakespeare. Yes. <laughs> the writers – I, I would love to have been in the room when they wrote Herc because and Buddy Garrity, but like writing Herc had to be fun at the very least. I want to know, yeah, who who's giving Herc notes? Like he's just playing this perfectly. Yeah, and he's, I mean, most definitely he's, and I I wouldn't be surprised, and maybe I should do some more half-assed internet research, but you know I wouldn't be surprised if a little bit of this is improv or I don't know is that actor actually paralyzed i don't know the answer to that i'm not sure but there is a and, and by, by the way before we kind of move on to the football game that happens in this episode wheelchair rugby kind of looks cool like oh it looks fun yeah like i would watch that and i mean like it i mean and it's like just one of those things where it's obviously it's for these people that's not or for these people that have these injuries and yeah it's just such a sad sad scenario but to have that is just it's really good for a guy like jason street good good for a guy like kirk these athletes that can continue to compete and yeah. i can somewhat understand but um as we get into the foot before we get into the football game the dylan panthers do show up to say hi to jason um before we get to that oh man i just did some some research on the actor who plays herc i'm excited he is Kenny, and he played. He was in Breaking Bad. Oh man, he's Kenny in Breaking Bad. It's the same actor. Oh my gosh! Sorry, I didn't mean. I don't. I don't. Didn't mean to interrupt, but I felt like the, it's fine. No, that information couldn't fine. wait any longer. That's that's uh, it's pretty wild considering that Landry also a Breaking Bad yeah. alumni. Yeah, but that's uh, that's good stuff. Um, but as we get kind of into the later part of this episode, we do get a football game and. Voodoo Tatum is the starter and kind of in typical Eric Taylor fashion, I guess he has a quarterback that doesn't want to listen to him, uh, which I know we've talked about earlier, but it also just kind of reminds me as you'll see in the show that man Taylor struggles sometimes with, you know, honing in on quarterbacks, I guess. And just like respect, <laughs> respect. And as much as we respect him, yeah, does not does not get respected quite a bit but uh in this game voodoo breaks off a long touchdown run does not take the call from from coach taylor and you know we we see on this like next series that he once again refuses to listen to coach taylor and throws an interception and at halftime he basically gets not kicked off the team oh i thought he was kicked off the team yeah i, I mean, thought so too and i thought that was like kind of what it was getting at was the fact that it was like he's done yeah and he like breaks a helmet 
Which just breaks everything, yeah. I'm I mean, a little worried about those helmets. That shouldn't be that easy to break. Like, it snaps in half. Like, it shouldn't you be... You think they wanted it to break? Like, how many times do you think they did this scene? I think they intentionally got, like, a cheap helmet so that he could break it for dramatic effect. Yeah. But I just I was like, that's some bad football logic there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so Saracen goes in and... They uh, little a little Matty Saracen magic happens again. Matt just does what Matt Saracen needs to do. I mean, he you know there's this whole blow up in the locker room, and Coach Taylor's basically just hands the ball to Matt. Says, "All right, Matt, go warm up." And it's like no apology for not sticking with me in the first place. No, none of that. Just you know, go do your job. He's you're, a team guy. You're up, and Matt is cool with that. And uh, which is interesting because I think a lot of people in that situation, maybe in the moment you're cool with it, but later you're like, what the heck? Why didn't – like you made a mistake from the beginning, clearly. Yeah, and uh, Matt, you know, in his role too, we see that he's not throwing the ball nearly as much. It's a lot of Smash Williams, which – Yeah. As we're supposed to believe that Smash Williams is like a really good running back. Yeah. But up until this point, we really haven't seen that. Quite a lot yet. of bad offensive line play so far. Yeah, he's not getting a whole lot of blocks. Yep. But we finally get to see, you know, Matt as kind of a game manager and feeding the ball to their best offensive player at this point. And under a minute in the game, you run it three straight times. Kind of a yeah, bold move. A bit bold. We're, we're led to believe that this is crunch time here and or you know, crunch time of crunch time, and they don't have any timeouts left. And they're just keep you know run right run left it's a it's a very high paced hurry up offense yeah. I, I don't know uh but we do get into this you know the panthers get into this not we but the panthers <laughs> get into this position where it is 21 to 20 um they get a touchdown and they can kick an extra point and someone says uh do the panthers go for the tie here which i guess overtime doesn't exist in this texas high school football league but oh i didn't think about it that way yeah, he says, like, do you go for the tie? And I'm, I guess, I don't know. I I, I, I think guess, they would have played overtime. Well, they kept saying, like, I I would hope so. It just yeah. came off to, when I watched it, I was just like, are, are they saying go for the tie to force overtime? Yeah. OT wasn't mentioned. But, you know, they're all like, let's go for the win. And Landry Jones, in typical Landry fashion, puts up number two. He's telling the boys. Landry Jones. La- or Landry Jones. Landry <laughs> Clark. Man, uh, Dallas <laughs> Renegades quarterback Landry Jones is on my mind. Uh, Landry Clark. Puts up them, them, them deuces in the air, and you know the whole crowd is just you know hoping they go for two. And here the boys are, it just you know, you know backs against the wall, and you know they get it done. Yeah, Dylan Panthers win. It, I mean, I, I wrote down in my notes, you know, is a two point conversion the right call there? And it worked, so yes. Yeah, but it's a gutsy move though. I I think uh, it's a home game, right? Yeah, it's a home game. Yeah, you go for you go for the tie at home. Sure, I, I just I, I I think in that moment it was uh yeah. Coach Taylor is a bit of a gambler, and I also I don't know if this is maybe plays into his whole narrative, but it kind of the way they won reinvigorated the way that people think about Coach Taylor. Yeah, and that obviously and about Matt. it it obviously comes crashing down on him. Super quickly. Oh, yeah. It, the good vibes. There's a whole montage of just like happy music and yada, Eric, yada. Eric great vibes. Of, Eric in front of his daughter says that he's going to get it on with Tammy. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, he says, <laughs> we're going to get down tonight. 
in front of Julie, and it's just, okay, well, and good for you, Taylor. About six minutes later, uh, the good vibes were over. A formal investigation is being launched into Ray Voodoo Tatum and his eligibility. So, here's the thing. <laughs> Again, he I guess we can get into this in episode six, which we might as well transition to. But Voodoo is still practicing with this team. Yeah. Which, I mean, you can do if you're not eligible. Yeah, but he gets into this blowout fight where we thought he was kicking off the team. And oh, by the way, he might not even be eligible to play. Yeah. I mean, I guess the maybe the thought there would be like you hold him out. I don't know. But, but he's playing defense. He's not playing quarterback really anymore. Yeah, he's in the doghouse. I, again, I this whole thing is... I mean, we find out at the end of episode six why, you know, narratively he's still there, so yeah. that he can. If he's not there, then you know, there's re- there's really not a driving force yeah. for the rest of this. Yeah, but just really interesting uh, turn of events there. A, but a, a, an interesting choice too to like. I know it sets up for the coming episodes, but just a weird thing that he'd still be there. Yeah. So after the fight and the, this investigation. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, see, or episode six takes a strange, strange turn. <sighs> a lot of social commentary. It is immediately clear at the diner that Landry's friend kind of sucks. No. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> You're blaming Kurt Cass? No, no, not for, I'm just like, first scene, Landry's just like trashing football. Like, yeah, that's what he mean does. Anything. He's been doing that since episode one. No, Landry's friend. Kurt Caster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Caster. But yeah, th- there's, I mean, there's just guys like that, though. I, I, I'm i just saying he sucks. That's it. He sucks for not liking football? He sucks for being, like, loud and talking down to Matt about it. I can think of, like, four or five dudes that I went to high school with that are exactly like that, that think that, you know, football's stupid and a waste of time, and they were obnoxious. But, I mean, he's a 15, 16-year-old kid. He what do you expect? He, all of them are loud mouths. He kind of sucks. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, it's cool that you think this kid that gets the crap no, beat out of that's him. Not, I'm not victim blaming. It's not his fault. Kind of seems a little But I'm like just saying blaming. he kind of sucks. Because he doesn't like football? No, he's just being a jerk about it. I mean, but like all of them. Like Julie's a jerk about it. Julie's dad is the coach. That's fair. It's <laughs> fair. But still, he's just... He's just a kid. He's just like he's just spewing. And also, we talked a lot of crap about Julie the way that she I'm handles aware. that. So I don't think he sucks. Here we go. No cast. I mean, in the first forty-five I don't know, seconds, I don't Caster know, sucks. I don't know enough about him to know. I, if he and sucks. by the way, I'm not even talking about when he's mouthing off to the football players because that would be victim blaming. There's this opening scene where like he is just it's just Matt and Landry over there. I think, or maybe it's just Landry. Yeah, because Matt's over with the team. Yeah, and he just he doesn't get it. He sucks. It's it's fine, man. <laughs> it's okay. Spencer Davis hates nerds. He just <laughs> he hates he hates outcasts. Um, also, no no Landry. Not a whole lot of Landry in episodes four or five. No, but we do get. So I mean, we got to talk about the diner scene, which yeah. is uh, voodoo uh, happens to show up. He doesn't like this place as he reveals later like the food here sucks anyway. That line. 
Um, but he shows up and Smash is basically telling him, like, you know, get out of town. And yeah. It's very just overly dramatic. Yeah. But uh, Voodoo gets uh, pretty racist. Pretty racist, yeah. Um, and Not great. Bobby Reyes is, is the is the victim of this racism. Yeah, who's a uh, you know he's he's a defensive player um, for the Panthers. Who also, is the one who uh, we were introduced to in I think episode four at the party where he's like, "Have you Googled this guy? Like Matt, he's going to take your job, like yeah. your history. Have fun with your girlfriend. Yeah. Like just totally being a total jerk to Matt. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. Teammates do that. I'm no, like, that's. <laughs> He's just being a dick, you know. He's fine. I think he's trying to light a fire under Maddie. You think? I don't know. I I saw it as much closer to the the old man in the restaurant telling Coach Taylor with his daughter, there, like you're never gonna have one of these rings. I don't. I don't know. I thought it was closer to that. But. I think he's just a like a hot headed kid. And uh, Bo- yeah. but anyway, Budo gets uh, very racist, says some stuff. Bobby Reyes uh, does not, you know, really. Nothing really happens yeah. between the two of them, yeah. and then the on the TV news, everyone's gathered around the TV to watch Voodoo's ruling as Voodoo's walking out the door. <laughs> like yeah. Voodoo wouldn't be there. Yeah, you would think Voodoo <laughs> would care enough to be like. I guess I mean I, I doubt he cares. Like it's just like he's gonna either get eligible there, he's just gonna go somewhere else, um, or go back to you know go back to Louisiana and go to a school there and be eligible. Yeah. I don't know, but. Uh, it all, you know, Matt, you know, obviously Kurt Caster um, and Landry are not super happy with Matt because he's becoming more and more involved with the football team and is becoming a staple among those guys. And yeah. Kurt makes a comment saying, you know, football, you know, it's, it's doesn't mean anything and, you know, belittles the sport, which, you know, isn't cool, but like, you know, yeah. just he's a kid and I'm, yep. I'm sorry, I just, I don't. Like I understand that, like it, it's not probably a popular opinion, but I'm just saying, yeah, it's fine. It's it's okay that he thinks that. It's fine. I I think it's perfectly fine. That he I, I I think it's fine. It just he also kind of sucks. Okay, it's fine. Well, you know who also thinks he sucks is Bobby Reyes, who then proceeds yeah, to. Yeah, uh, this is the the tough the tough part. Here. He goes out into the parking lot. Like Bobby follows Kurt as he's leaving, and yeah. you know he confronts him about what his comments and Kurt's very apologetic. And he's just like, man, I don't want any trouble. Like I'm, you know, I just, it's too late though. It's too late. Bobby is just like, is like, I'm super mad about everything that's going on right now. And you are my victim. I'm taking everything out, everything I'm mad about on you. Yep. Um, and this is, you know, obviously, obviously very misguided in what he does. And, um, as we get into this third episode, it starts this controversy around the football team where, you know, Smash tells Coach Taylor that, uh, that you know, like they, they were fighting and it was like kind of a, you know, it was kind of a bo- both sides of it kind of thing. Yeah. And then Tammy gets a visit from Kirk Caster's mother, who is very upset uh, for obvious reasons. And kind of like we're, we're talking about the, the, the bad optics of – having the head football coach's wife be the guidance counselor at the school, she's very much not okay with it because she's like, well, I know you guys aren't going to you know, yeah. do anything about it. Uh, which is just, it, it, it is, you know, like kind of what we talk about on a daily basis about football. Yeah. When someone gets in trouble, like not much is probably going to happen to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's she in, you know, if it wasn't 
the perfectly morally, uh, you know, stable Tammy Taylor, nothing. And I guess Tammy didn't actually have an impact, but she tried. You know, she she sat Eric down and said, I think Bobby Reyes is lying. Yeah. Tammy definitely tries to do the right thing here. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we get into just kind of jump ahead a little bit. It, it starts this whole mess because Bobby Reyes, uh, once again, these players. Bold move here. He, a lot of these players love finding the local TV station. Yeah. Um, and they are very cool with giving their unfiltered opinions about the matter of what's going on in the episode. Another press conference. Um, but Bobby, I was going to say, Matt could easily call a press conference <laughs> with this. The TV news station here, they will they will let anyone talk on, on camera. But Bobby Reyes basically says that Kirk Caster, everything that Voodoo said to Bobby Reyes, he says that Kirk Caster did to him, which yep. if you want to talk about a kid that sucks, <laughs> Bobby Reyes sucks. I, and I want to talk about this. And I guess maybe towards, save it towards the end, but I don't know. It seems like a weird choice for NBC to, or, you know, for the showrunners here to vilify this kid who's just a victim of racism. It's not my like, favorite thing. All we know of him is that he is a victim of racism, and then all of a sudden he's the show's villain for yeah, like the 90 one, minutes. The like, one Hispanic kid on, yeah. in the whole town. Yeah, who's a like, star football player apparently, who apparently has a record. Yeah, has a record. That... Hasn't been addressed or any? I don't know. That is one issue I do have with the show is that like the two prominent Hispanic players are both kids with like troubled pasts and have like criminal records. It's an, a very big knock on the show. I feel like to not maybe like, yeah. like give us one guy, yeah. give us one Hispanic kid that's super about his academics and is also good at football. Can we not have one of those people? Yeah. And this is bias as a Hispanic person, but just <laughs> I just like the two the and like the the other one will come on later in the show and you'll figure out who that is. But it just it, it, it does irritate me that the that the writers chose to make that choice with him because yeah. it's obviously very messed up what Voodoo said to Bobby Reyes. Yeah. But then for him to turn this into a whole like Kirk Caster called me, you know, all these names and yeah. not, you know, Obviously, he can't put the blame on Voodoo because Voodoo just you know walked away and he d- wasn't going to do anything but, to Voodoo. Yeah, Voodoo doesn't have to feel any repercussions for this. Yeah, he and just, also again, Voodoo's back at practice the next day with Bobby Reyes. Yeah, just cool. And like, it didn't you know they're both playing defense. Yeah, <laughs> they're both defensive guys. And that's the thing is like Landry, you know, talks to Matt in the hallway and he's yeah. like, he's like, are you not going to sign it's anything? Like, oh yeah, Caster, Caster will. Well, well, Reyes lied. And Matt, the, I mean, the worst part of Matt, and this is a very low point for Matt, is he says, well, Reyes is a key point, key point, key player on our defense. Yeah. And uh, I got to lead this team. I mean, that's like the, like, the only get, thing you can't say. Well, like it's such a, well, it's so awful that like, that's, I mean, that's the mentality of a lot of people when, you know, like a guy commits any type of crime or is in trouble with a team you know, people are like, well, you know, I hope they don't do anything. You know, we need him to be rushing for a thousand yards. And Matt's just like, see Baylor Waco. Yeah. And it's just this whole mentality, like win, win over everything. Yeah. And it's, it's a dark side to Matt. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to super, uh, paint him as a bad figure because I think Matt is a good kid at heart. Um, and he's just looking out cause he's once again, it's showing his more of his crossover into the team and kind of being embedded into that culture. And obviously, Matt, I think, it, you know, at points, steps back from that. But it's just such a such a bad look for a guy that 
we are all rooting for. Like, yeah. we were, we're rooting for you, Matt. Well, and Matt eventually does the right thing. After, you know, yes. there's the second blow up between Reyes and Landry in the parking lot outside the diner. Uh, Matt goes to the Taylor house, has a very awkward conversation with Julie. And then says, you know, can I talk to can I talk to your dad? And he tells him, look, like I wasn't outside that day, but I know Kurt Castor is not racist. I know he wouldn't have said those things. And those things that he said that Reyes said Castor said, Voodoo actually said them. And he kind of quote unquote does the right thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, one thing, and I mean, we there's some nits we can pick here. I was gonna say if we're if we're picking nits, one other thing. <laughs> That irritates me is that like, and I, I get that Matt is closer to Kurt Caster and he was actually at the diner. He wasn't outside when the fight happened, but coach Taylor likes like it clicks with him when Matt says it, but not when Tammy says it. Yeah. It, it's uh, he, it becomes unavoidable for him when Matt is like, yeah, it just feels know. like maybe he could have been more proactive and yeah. listened to his wife, which he doesn't do all the time. But well, I guess I don't hate, I mean, I don't mind it, I guess just because, Matt, Matt was, was situation. Matt was coming from more of a standpoint of credibility, whereas Tammy was like, he talked to she talked to, you know, Kirk's mother, which is a very biased part. Of, and clearly, Coach Taylor's lie detector is not very good, and Tammy's, you know, judge of character is pretty is a lot better. That's a you know interesting strength weakness combination there. But Tammy would be like a really good director of like recruiting operations. Yeah, like I think that if like. Coach Taylor took over like a college football program. Like she'd be his Annie Hansen. Like she'd like, cause part of that job is like identifying, like, yeah. you know, you, you know, figuring out like what kids would be good fits. And, yeah. you know, anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. There's, there's also another line uh, here where coach Taylor says, am I talking to my wife or am I talking to the guidance counselor? About and this? she very just smartly is like, it shouldn't matter. Like yeah. you should want to do what's right. Um, but but it, yeah, I don't know. It kind of matters, right? I mean, I guess in this particular instance, it doesn't matter. But this is back to like the op, not only the optics of the power situation here, but also just like how they operate within their marriage is interesting. Yeah, I just think right or wrong, like no matter what position she's in, like yeah. Coach Taylor should, you know, or Eric, I go back and forth with calling yeah. him whatever name. But anyway, like Eric should listen to more of like what Tammy's trying to say because she obviously has a strong voice yeah. and she obviously is very a very smart woman who. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you said it best, just like her, her you know, Eric struggles with, uh, you know, figuring out when people are being a genuine with them. Tammy just sees bullshit and, you know, she'll, yeah. she'll point it out. Yeah. And so that, that's one thing. And that's a big credit to Tammy. And I do love her character arc of like, it feels like she has such a small voice at the beginning of the show and just keeps gradually and gradually getting bigger. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's one thing with, her as a guidance counselor and as, as she kind of progresses in her own career, um, we see more of this strong, you know, Tammy Taylor figure. Yeah. Uh, I want to go, you want to talk about the Matt angle of this? I have one of a question here for you. I, okay. Um, what is, so we see him again, quote unquote, do the right thing. Tell coach Taylor that, you know, Reyes is lying. How is that different from him not ratting out, the other players with the the car vandalism incident. So like there's one situation here where Matt is applauded for, you know, doing the right thing, kind of selling out a teammate. And in another two episodes earlier, he's applauded for doing the exact opposite. 
Yeah, because I mean, it's I an guess interesting read. In the point of you know, I guess criminal activity, you could say that what they did was you know a lot worse. Um, well, I, I don't, I don't know because it's a bigger group of people. I mean, but, it's a car versus a person, I guess. But I mean, like literally, Bobby Reyes is like defaming another kid. Like he's like. Like yeah. something like that, and like, and I know this isn't 2019, but something like that in 2019 would ruin Kirk Caster's life. Yeah, like he would be probably even in 2006. Yeah, and like that. I mean, that's just such a such a slanderous thing to say about another yeah. person. Um, I do think part of that is it is probably, and I, I kind of mentioned how Matt's kind of crossing over into this like I'm a football guy. I'm yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm on the team. It's him dialing back and saying like, oh, like, yeah, I need to do that. I still need to keep a hold of my moral compass because he does have, he has a lot of morals. He's, you know, he has a code that he lives by as far as just, you know, being kind of the caretaker of his family and, you know, being a quarterback on the team. And yeah, I think as he learns more about who he is as a teammate, um, you know, he didn't want to sell or sell out his teammates as far as like who committed you know, who went and beat up that guy's car. And he's like, you know, taking the blame for that, you know, taking all responsibility for it. Yeah. Um, I do think though, on a bigger level though, it's, it was good of him. It's just, yeah, you, it is kind of like, you know, like what's, what's right or wrong here. Like what's, you know, how is it any different? I just, in real life, I don't think that plays out that way. What do you mean? Like I feel in real life, Matt probably just never goes over to coach's house. Yeah, it makes. I mean, it's very like after school special. Like, hey, yeah. like coach again. Network television in the mid two thousands. Yeah, you know. Um, but that is a good question because it like it is kind of a strange thing for him to to pick and choose which what he wants to. I guess. I guess touch on, yeah. but uh, I definitely think that he made the right move and probably. Uh, you know, nothing really ever comes of them, you know, destroying that guy's car. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no criminal charges brought well, against them. They just beat Matt up, you know. Yeah, and so everything's equal. Yeah, um, or balances out, I guess. But yeah, it's a strange thing for Matt. But I do think it's more of him learning and learning. Like, okay, I can still be a good person, but yeah, I don't need to fully become, you know, just a meat-headed yeah. jock. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, all right, I think we knocked out that whole storyline for this whole episode, um, okay, yes. which is good. Uh, but there's some other things we need to get to here. Um, Jason Street. <laughs> there's this scene where Lila and Tim, or Lila and uh, and Street are kind of making out in their hospital bed, and Jason has this line where he says, this, "You know, nurse walks in. He says, it's possible we can have about 40 minutes of privacy." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Which yeah. is ambitious. <laughs> ambitious, yes. And then his nurse tells him, you can't never have sex again. Which is... Or not even that. You can't ejaculate ever again. <laughs> what is the point of this being in the show? I don't... I mean, it, I mean, once again, it's just like a harsh reality he's facing that like he might not ever have kids again. Yeah. Like, or he might not... Not again, but like he might not ever yeah. have kids. And I mean, I'm just... Like he won't ever have like a really normal was it ever again? I thought it was maybe like a right now situation. It seemed like it's like you can't ejaculate at all, and it seemed like he was just like so distraught that he's not going to have like a normal like yeah. he can't ever have like a normal romantic life with Lila, and obviously, you know Lila's off doing other stuff. 
some extracurriculars there God. in the relationship. But, uh, you know, Lila and Tim, you know, they kind of put their put their powers to good use and take Tim on a little bit of a field trip, which is... Super, Lila just goes on this trip. Super dangerous. I just, I, I don't, I have so many thoughts that I have no thoughts. Like, there's just no, I mean, yeah, it's just dumb, but it's, I mean, it's, it worked, it works out. So it's all good. I can't tell, by the way, if this was an insensitive line or a funny line, and maybe I'm just looking through this too, too much through a 2019 lens, but so Riggins is carrying Street and putting him in his car, and he makes the comment, why don't you save that jello for the other patients? Like ma- basically making fun of him, like for being paralyzed. <laughs> and uh, it's, I, think, I, I thought it was fine. I don't know. It was, uh, it was a lot. I just, I was just like, I don't know what's, what's the right thing we, here, but uh, yeah. yeah. They, so they take him, they, they take streeter out, out to the lake. Texas forever, baby. Texas forever. We and this is where. Well, this is also this is after Street like calls Tim. Says get over here, and Tim thinks I th- I read it as like Tim thinks that he's about to be confronted about yeah. this Lila thing. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. And it wasn't you know. And so at that point, like Street till still you know gets into him for not coming to visit him. It's like where have you been? Well, been sleeping with your your girlfriend. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> well, I've been spending a lot of time with Lila Garrity. Yeah, uh, just a classic monologue there, though, from Street, where he's like, "This is kind of how my day goes. You're going to be here now. Your grace period's over." Yeah. So, and you know, Tim obviously is like very, <laughs> very pleased that he's not been caught quite yet, yet, yet. <laughs> uh, but they go out to the lake, and you know. Tim gets super mad at Lila for being affectionate with her boyfriend, <laughs> which I want to know what you thought of that whole exchange of them in the gas station. I just, the lack of awareness from Lila and Tim, like Lila should not have gotten in that car. I don't want to blame Lila, but when Street was like, come with us, Lila no, should have known. I think Lila, it was smart of her because it was responsible. Like, Jason probably dies if it's just him and Tim. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. So yeah, maybe she needs to be there. But just yeah, I mean that whole interaction where it's like, how much is can Tim take at this point? And it's not a whole lot. Um, but man, it's so uh, depressing to think that like he's in this hospital bed all day. Yeah, and he even makes the comments, "Just nice to get fresh air." Yeah, but he's been cooped up in that room six for weeks. Week. Six yeah. weeks. Yeah. <sighs> It's it's tough. I mean, it's it's good that they got to go out like that. Uh, I like when they get back and Phil's like, I sincerely hope you guys had a good time. I love <laughs> Phil. I will say that he's he's a great, just subtle character. He does he get the does he get the Dion Waiters Award the heat check? I mean, he definitely kind of kind of like uh, voodoo. Like when he when yeah. when it's his time to like step in and pinch hit, like Hurt he too. he knocks it out of the park. Yeah. I'm still not over Herc's uh, homophobia, but, you know, that's uh, another story. But he, he brings it. Herc brings it. Um, you know, the script is the script, I guess, but the the performance is great. Um, gosh, what do we want to – oh, you want to – there's this meeting with Buddy and Coach Taylor and one of Buddy's old friends who's with some sort of administration going really, – I'm really glad you bring this up because yeah. we learn that Buddy Garrity – uh, where you played college football 
Uh, Texas, right? He yeah. played at the University <laughs> of Texas. <laughs> Which may also explain why Mac Brown was at that booster meeting. Exactly. In the, in the pilot. So it kind of yeah. makes sense, but yeah. I don't know. But so uh, I, I, this isn't super important. But essentially, what do you have to you have to maintain residence for sixty days before you can play? Is that it? Or ninety days? There's some set period of time, which whatever, makes sense. Whatever, which whatever it is, buddy's like the meeting took place in, with Voodoo took place in July, and Eric, and Eric's like, no, it took place two weeks ago. And buddy said, you know, it, no, it took place in July because they have to meet these regulations. Yeah, I'm gonna rewind here. Voodoo is in Dillon, Texas, because of Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, which happened in August. So how did this meeting? I mean, he just—it's a sketchy backdoor deal that he's doing with his buddy, <laughs> which shouldn't be allowed. But I feel like he shouldn't have to recuse himself from the meeting. Look, I know it's not the college football playoff, but I, but like you—that's not even the part of it that I'm criticizing. Like, <laughs> somebody should have known, right? Like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why they're overlooking it. They're yeah. like they're just taking yeah, his yeah. word because that's his buddy. But it literally makes no sense. <laughs> no, it definitely doesn't. And I mean, I, I guess. But yeah, he, you know, it works out to this point. Or, you know, they get out of that meeting unscathed. It's clear that everything's going to be fine. And then, uh, you know, Buddy Garrity shows up at the Taylor house late at night at the end of this episode. Um, to also, I mean, the one thing that would, I guess, kind of make sense. So Hurricane Katrina happened in late August. It yep. was between August 23rd and August 31st. Yep. Um, I guess we're... Uh, uh, there, there's a lot of timelines to try to keep up with because we, we know that... I, I want to know because that happened in 2005. We also already know that Texas has won the Rose Bowl. And so I'm wondering if this is a year later. And he's... Bendis Place, but... Like 2006. The timeline doesn't make sense because the show airs in 2006. We know that Texas has won the Rose Bowl because Smash Williams makes a comment about it. Yeah. But Katrina happened a year earlier. The timeline doesn't make a whole lot of sense because... Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, because the Rose Bowl happened four months after Katrina. Yeah. You know, this whole thing... Because I thought about the fact that, yeah, maybe it was a year later, but then what? He's just in limbo for an entire year? I mean, he could have been. I mean, they could have like been in type of some type of like shelter for a year, yeah. but then like that ended. The minute it seemed like he had been on, I, I would want to. I kind of want to go back to that episode and look up what the verbiage is because it sound. It, I feel like there was something said about how they'd been bouncing around hotel rooms for like a few weeks. Yeah, I don't Which, know. I, I just think it's more of the show just kind of mixing, like continuity-wise, like yeah. kind of mixing up its timeline it's, to it's, fit the show. I mean, it might, it's either a continuity error or he, uh, you know, was gone for a whole year. You know, he's been displaced for a whole year, which is possible. I mean, I think people were displaced for that long, so it's possible. Yeah, it just, in the context of the show, it, like, I would love more clarification but on it. Wouldn't he have found a high school before, like, week three? <laughs> Of the high school football season a year after Katrina? I don't know. Probably so. Unless he just knew that, like, hey, offers are going to be coming my way. Yeah. Um, man, what do we want to get to next? I mean, that show, I mean, like, that, that episode is the kind of the climax of it all is with Tim, Lila, and Jason. Yeah. And this is one of the heart more heartbreaking moments of the show because, um, and Alyssa mentioned this to me last night when we were watching this, uh, 
or rewatching this, but uh, t- or Jason, as we've mentioned, has basically nothing. Everything's yeah. been taken away from him. Yeah. And as the show closes, we get a glimpse of Jason going up to the window and he sees his friends, his girlfriend yep. and Tim. And there's obviously, there's a little bit of a look of like positivity on his face. He's like, man, I'm so lucky I have these two people. Yeah. And that's what I read from it. Yeah. And then sees just this very intimate embrace and they're holding hands and, and like the, the, the first part of it, I can tell that he's a little bit confused. Cause like he gives, he gives her like a big hug and like, I would take that as like, oh, like, you know, they're, yeah. going, through, they're going through a lot. You know, we're just yeah. trying to take care of our boy. But then it becomes very clearly intimate. Yeah. And I just... Crosses a line at some point. It does cross a line. Um, and it just... Le- it, that episode leaves you on that kind of note. And it's not a great note. Street is mad. Street is very mad. But just in the overall context of his life, as we've kind of gone over in this entire you know podcast episode... He just doesn't have a lot. He's realizing more and more that his life is never going to be the same. Yep. He, and again, I think it's, it goes back to he, him kind of falling in line with what Herc is teaching him. And Herc is yeah. clearly, you know, Herc told him like, your girlfriend's going to leave you. Um, that's one of the things that he said, you know, <laughs> his, like, uh, his impression of his ex-girlfriend was uh, <laughs> a bit more animated, but yes, <laughs> it's like, we're different people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and look, Lila doesn't appear to be pulling that. She's just cheating on him with his best friend is uh, the route that they're going to go with it, apparently. But Don't love it. Herc is kind of, he's like, look, I'm going to tell you how your next two years are going to go. Not only do I know everything about you, I know how your next two years are going to go. And this lines up exactly with what uh, with what Herc was telling him. Is uh, I mean, I know we probably um, might want to save this for last, but I mean, is there any question of the MVP and LVP? Are of this three block set. I mean, I've got. Uh, I think I know who your LVP is. Who uh, Tim? Tim. Yeah, Tim's Tim, clearly Tim, the least Tim valuable is, player. Tim is very obviously the least valuable player. Um, the, is he? The, was he the LVP last week too? I want to say he was. <laughs> it's uh, not. It's, I mean, once. Again, oh yeah, it was him or Jason because and the only reason it wasn't necessarily a clear cut for Tim was Jason got paralyzed and that's that's tough. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Tim, two-time LVP. MVP is? I mean, I think it's got to be Matt Saracen. Yeah, I've got Matt written down. I think, yeah. I think I got ahead of myself last week when I thought it was Matt, or when I thought it was Matt Saracen. Yeah, it was, it was Coach Taylor last week. This week it was Matt. I think Matt definitely took some big steps and kind of owning his own, like owning himself and like, or owning up to who he is and yeah. kind of learning more about himself and growing up as a person. Yeah. Um... Bad football logic. Bad football logic. So much. Uh, I mean, we 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 obviously only get like one football game in this entire show, but I think you probably had it best with the game, the the late game situation. Yeah, that's what I've written down. Do you go for two down by one at home oh. against your rival? Oh, we 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 were not on. The oh, you're talking about the the running place. Not running the play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's two. Those are two different kinds of bad football logic. I think, but. I thought running the ball was probably more like I, I mean uh, it. It works because it's a it, it's a television show, but yes, yeah. But <laughs> also, I mean, you could put the helmet like breaking that helmet in half was not great football logic. Like that helmet would not break like that unless it's Antonio Brown's helmet. Yeah, what? Oh, true. 
topical references. We got them. Well, topical. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, fair. Well, by the time this airs, it may be uh, Antonio Brown may have retired. You never know. You, you, you don't. Player, you know. Players are retiring all the time now. What if Andrew Luck retired? That would be crazy. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh man! Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add an award here. Oh, I'm with that with that without telling you, um, monologue of the week. <laughs> oh man, you put me on the spot here. Monologue of the week. I'm I've got one that I want to play here. Uh, but you if you you want me to go first, go first. Yes. Okay. My monologue of the week is streets. Whenever street getting Tim to the hospital. And it's where he essentially ends the grace period and says, "I think that I mean, there's there's no other better one than that." Yeah, that's that's got to be the monologue of the week. Uh, here it is. Took you long enough to get here, man. My truck ain't running. We're putting it in this four bell car. I hate to ride, man. Sorry. No, I'm guessing you know what this is about. I do. Yeah, of course you do. You want to call yourself my best friend, and you haven't shown up but once since I've been in here. Six weeks, man. Six weeks. Let me go ahead and recap my life for you over the last couple of weeks, huh? My day starts out with me laying down in this bed. Well, pretty much the whole day takes place with me laying down in this bed. I'm a sorry quadriplegic ass. Every day people come in here and poke and prod me like I'm a piece of meat. Go ahead and stick a catheter in me in places you don't even want to know about. My big adventure of the day is, is going to the commode, because I got to go at the same time every day so I can teach my body how to crap on cue. Impressive, huh? And then Lila comes running in. <laughs> I want to know if she's a chipper out there or she isn't here. Because I'll tell you what, I, I love that girl. I do. I love her more than life itself. But I tell you what, if she tells me how great everything's going to be when I finally get out of here one more time, I'm going to lose it. Point is this to me. While I'm in here dealing with all this by myself and my best friend's out there putting a, a four-barrel carb in his damn truck, is that what's important right now? Answer me this, Timmy. What happened to Texas forever? Huh? What happened to living large? What happened to that eternal bond that you used to love to throw around when I was still healthy and headed towards the NFL, huh? I need you here, Tim. I need you here. I expect... I expect you here. You are my best friend. Grace period's over. So yeah, a lot of emotion in that, and again, not even knowing that Riggins is cheating on, or you know, is making getting Lila to cheat on him. Just getting Lila. Lila's actively participating. I know, but I feel like again, I I I think Riggins kind of crossed a line when he showed up in her house. Yes, crossed a line, but Lila <laughs> ran also ran to his house after that. So it's not like they're yeah. both making unexpected visits to each other. Lila is the only one that has tried to end it. Equality here, buddy. She has tried to end it multiple times. I'm glad she hasn't. What? I said, I'm glad she hasn't. I'm glad that she... <laughs> You're glad it's still happening? No, I'm glad it happened long enough for Jason to like catch them. Oh, yeah. Well, and we're, we'll see... Uh, don't want to spoil anything too far ahead for in episode seven, but yes. they will have something to reckon with there. Um do you have an insult of the week? I do. Um, do you have one? <sighs> yes. It was so, kind of a, a lackluster week for insults. A little bit. Yeah. What was yours? The uh, right hand, left hand. 
that was <laughs> that was really good. That was I mean that was savage. Um, I do think it's uh, I do think it's Matt Saracen. Well, not I mean I don't know if it's really an insult, but just him condescendingly telling the Arnett Mead guys that like yeah I I vandalized your car with a baseball bat. I also had the crowbar and I also jumped into the car that I was driving. I just thought like, I mean, he's just like, he's going for broke here. Yeah. He's just like, I know I have nothing to lose here other than like, he's going to get beat up. I might as well just, you know, kind of lay into these guys a little bit yeah. verbally. But yeah. I thought that that was my favorite part. Yeah. That, it, that is when Matt Saracen became the MVP. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Love every part of it. Um, I think that's it. Other than, do you have a Matt Saracen overthinking award? I couldn't think of one. No, I don't. I, I really, I mean, obviously Matt over uh, or Matt Saracen had a lot of struggles coming to the conclusion that what Bobby Reyes did was wrong. <laughs> he had a, <laughs> it took him a long time to kind of figure that well, one out. He knew it was wrong, but he didn't know what he was going to do about it. Yeah. He didn't know if it was wrong enough that he had to step in. He, mean, got, he honestly, got there. You could kind of give the award to Bobby Reyes for over, like just overthinking everything in that diner situation. He was yeah. just like, he blew everything out of proportion and just in a way, yeah. I mean, he just blew it out of context and overthinking it. Um, I think you could honestly give that award to, to, to Bobby bull Reyes. Um, I, I just thought of something. I, I think we, we may have given LVP to Tim Riggins too quickly. Did we? I think Bobby Reyes has a case, and I actually I think Voodoo has a pretty strong case as well. Yeah, actually, I we got so sidetracked on sh- you know crapping <laughs> the, on Tim. Yeah, um, that you do kind of forget. <laughs> I kind of forgot about Bobby Reyes. <laughs> so maybe I mean Bobby. Li- listen, Bobby Reyes also was a victim of racism. You still shouldn't do what he did. No, you shouldn't. And he, he acknowledges that. <laughs> he says, look, I, I know it's not a good enough answer because I was a victim of rape. He, he tells it to the press. What he leaves out is it's a completely different party that he took his anger out on. But. Also, I, I mean, he's probably not big enough a character, but the L.A. businessman, like, basically, like, you know, seducing Tyra, you know, Getting getting her in his hotel room. And he's like, I have a girlfriend. And then like leaving her, like here's yeah. some breakfast. And she's like, this is just for one person. Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> and he could make a case. I, man, now I kind of feel bad. I think it probably, I mean, it is, I feel like it has to be Bobby Reyes now. Actually, I think it's Voodoo. Voodoo? How is it Voodoo? Voodoo <laughs> throws a pick six, gets benched, gets ruled eligible even though he should obviously be ineligible we kind of missed something at the end of the episode and then yeah then completely because coach taylor had been kind of petty towards him just craps all over dylan season and tells uh a reporter you know tells the reporter that everything's a lie yeah which you know i i would rank dylan i, I think it's tim tim is still my lvp but voodoo is close behind and i'm, I'm taking bobby as my lvp really okay all right. Um, you can be wrong. That's okay. You, you can't. You can't do what he did, man. That's <laughs> just. Uh, I'm just giving him half a slide. I don't know. Fair enough. Fair know. enough. Um, well, hey, Spencer, this was fun, and we appreciate you all for making us part of your day and rewatching Friday Night Lights as we get into next week, uh, episode seven or episode seven through nine of season one. It should be a good time as we explore more of these storylines. Jason knows, and 
going to be good. Jason knows. Jason what I, knows. That definitely would have been a hashtag if Twitter was around during this time that popped up like in the, the lower third. Oh, man. Do you, how do you feel about that trend? I don't like it. I mean, I feel like it's, I mean, it, it the feels trend forced. like adding the hashtags. Yeah, it feels forced. The only show that I watch that has those is Survivor. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I watch another CBS reality show, Big Brother, and they also do They it. do that. So, yeah, it's kind of a CBS thing, I think. I don't yeah. know. Well, not my favorite thing, but it's driving conversation, I guess. I guess it's a good effort, I guess, you know. Uh, They're making an effort to be like, you know, to be with the kids. For sure. Well, yeah. Spencer, it was good talking to you. Man, Joe, I mean, it was a blast. I can't wait to, to, do, to, do, to do this all again next week.